What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes by using the code THPN during a sign-up. Playing fantasy, daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks against competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on a season-long fantasy, so now it is time to get on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways for you to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during a sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello LA Kings fans and hockey fans and welcome to episode 38 of season 2 of the Kings and as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Kings and the post-trade deadline episode. Yes, a lot to talk about and before we even get into it, there's just, I just, I knew this was going to happen. So a little behind the curtain for you to start the episode is I recorded Monday's episode the the one that came out on trade deadline day I finished recording that at about 6 30 pacific time I think and I talked a lot about as you guys know on that episode I talked a lot about who's gonna go what's gonna happen Monday it's gonna be interesting sort of thing and I just had a feeling that something was gonna go down after I recorded I just knew it the episode was done, it was edited, 
it was uploaded and I just had a feeling something was going to go on that night and it ended up a lot, a lot went on just around the league but then out of nowhere Sunday night Jeff Carter goes from the LA Kings to the Pittsburgh Penguins and I gotta tell you I'm sorry that wasn't on Monday's episode again I was done that episode already and I just had a feeling like I said like I finished the episode and I'm like, man, something's going to happen tonight and it's not going to be in Monday's episode. And that's exactly what happened as Jeff Carter, LA Kings legend, gets traded from the LA Kings to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Pittsburgh GM Ron Hextall bringing Jeff Carter back, bringing some more veteran leadership to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a playoff run. A guy that, of course, like the Penguins have a lot of great veteran leadership. Of course, Crosby, Malkin, Latang. But it never hurts to bring another guy in and just an absolute legend and an absolute Kings legend. I mean, the two uh, Kings Cups in 2012 and 2014 don't happen without Jeff Carter. He was just dominant during those years. So uh, just thank you, Jeff Carter, for everything that you did for the LA Kings. And you, he absolutely deserved the chance to go try to win a cup in uh, somewhere for a contender. And Pittsburgh was the one that wanted him. The return for Carter was a 2022 conditional th- uh, third and a 2023 conditional fourth. And just on that, I have that right here. The uh, the 2023rd round pick will become a second round pick if the Penguins reach the cup final and Carter plays in, in at least 50% of the games. And the fourth round selection in 2023 will become a third round selection if Carter plays in at least 50% of the games next season because of course uh there's still one more deal one more year left on jeff carter's deal and also the kings retained 50 percent of the salary so the king's cap hit is just over 2.6 million next year on it but it had like i he was a name that was floated around a little bit right and he was the one that gets to go and like i said just an absolute king's legend 10 years in LA, 580 games played, 194 goals, 189 assists, 383 points, just an, and two cups, like I said, two cups, just an absolute legend in LA. So thank you, Jeff Carter. Uh, I think Philly fans are a, li- are a little weirded out by it. I've seen a couple on Twitter because, of course, Carter started his career in Philadelphia and now he's on the other side in Pittsburgh. And I think a lot of people, a lot of Philly fans are kind of like, eh, about that, which is pretty funny. But weird day. Weird day when one of those guys gets traded and it's part of the business. But also, as a part of trade deadline day, we, there was a, a few other guys we talked about. Quick, I follow Brown. And it turned out the Kings did not make any more trades. The Carter trade was the last trade before the trade deadline. But... But they did get an important piece of the future done. And that was instead of trading Ayafalo, they extended him. And you know how last episode I talked about, are they going to trade him? Are they going to extend him? Are they going to trade him and then re-sign him in the offseason? Nope. Alex Ayafalo, four-year extension in LA. And maybe the great, like one of the best deals you're going to maybe see in the next few years. Alex Ayafalo, four years at four... 16 million, 4 million a year, 4 million AAV. That's an absolutely outstanding deal for a guy that's on the first line here 
NA on or NLA, probably on most teams a second line guy, but he's a guy that puts up like fifty points a year, right? Like he's just having and he's just Mr. Consistency. There was a great stat on him that he's got he was like for the first thirteen games he had nine points. The second thirteen games eight points and the third a set of thirteen games eight points. Like just Mr. Consistency. So this is a great deal and a great guy and a great piece of the future for the LA Kings and I and Alex I follow and you know he's been playing he plays with Kopitar a lot and loves playing with Kopitar and just the extension is just a great deal for both sides and I think it's something that they really wanted to really wanted to get done and now and just a lot of reaction to uh to just the trade deadline and trading Carter and getting uh and trading Alex I follow let's just talk Let's just hear what Rob Blake had to say quickly. There's a lot of quotes in this episode. You guys know I love doing that. But Rob Blake quickly talking about the trade deadline and just talking. About, well, first of all, we'll start with this. Just a, uh, on the timetable of the Carter trade and what happened behind it. Rob Blake said, we had we had conversations with Jeff and I think we owed him th- that respect. We've or He's been a tremendous player for this organization. There's a group of these guys that I've said, unfortunately, numer- numerous times at deadlines that have done so many good things at the organization, taken us to two Stanley Cups, and Jeff was that. He was a true professional, showed up every day, did his job, and did it very, very well. I spoke to him last night and this morning, not easy at all. We understand. We respect he's going to a good spot there, and we wish him continued success. It's part of it. It's a difficult part that we deal with, but but we can't be any more thankful for everything he did for this organization. He's been tremendous. And then just... uh. Rob Lake on the difficulty of moving a guy like Carter because of the importance he had to the franchise. He said, uh, it was a, it was a difficult situation because he is such a tre- tremendous player and has been able to accomplish so, so much for this franchise, that whole group year after year, they're going to be able to share those experiences and be known as Stanley cup winners. It's very important. You can see why Pittsburgh wanted to add that. And it's true. Absolutely. Pittsburgh is a team that is an older team for sure. But you add you have a chance to add another veteran that helps you greatly, and that's what the Penguins went and did. And now just Rob Blake talking about extending Alex I follow, locking him up instead of trading him away. He said, oh, we fully understand exactly what Alex does and fits with this group and his importance to the group. Listen, from day one, we were going to get we were going to get it done. These things take time. It's something I'm learning. It's a process that we have to go through. But we were 100% committed to getting him signed. Now, you take other steps and you get to the summer and you have the availability to add to the group. You have Alex. You have you have Alex. You've got part of that core going forward. You know where he fits. Now you add to that. I've been, that's, so, that's been solely our focus on. Like I said, we were focused on Alex from day one. We understand the process. It takes some time to get that done. But he was 100% committed to what we wanted to do going forward and now and just asked if i follow could have ever been traded he said no like i said we were 100 percent committed to getting alex done it's a learning process for me it's it naturally it takes time to get that deal done we've been focused on building a group in here and alex has been a part of that group he comes in plays alongside Kopi on that line and he's been very effective very reliable system type player that is consistently a real good pro we want to make sure we have we want to make sure we are taking care of good hockey players like that are going to fit going forward with us. And also, Rob Blake talked a lot just about uh, 
gathering about the kings where they are right now, gathering talent, talent instead of sending it out. He said, in the frame of building, yes, I think the key with Alex was locking him up what we consider our core. He's coming in here and he has proven to be a very versatile player, very reliable, good fit with Kopitar and Brown over the years. By extending him and actually taking a step forward was important to us. And it's that's very true. That's We'll get into it, into it later, but this is the most important offseason for the Kings in a long time coming up. And just that was the last question asked Rob Blake, the importance of the offseason. Uh, again, we're not at the offseason yet, obviously. Kings still have an outside chance at the playoffs, but Rob Blake just got asked about the offseason coming up and improving the team, and he said, oh, we want to try and improve and continually get better. These players have put themselves in a very good position this year. They've played extremely hard, and we expect that continued here. We expect that continued here push that playoff spot we will do in the we will do in the summer what we have to do to improve the team and now of course i was rob blake talking about the trade deadline now let's just hear what uh head coach tom mccullen had to say because of course he's the coach he he knows all these guys and just talking about uh the signing alafalo uh the re-signing of alafalo sorry but losing carter on the trade head coach tom mccullen said it's a bittersweet day. Starting with the sweet part, having I follow resigned is really important to our to our organization. He is, in my opinion, a Swiss Army knife. You feel good about putting him on the ice in every situation. We've talked a lot about him. It's amazing how many teammates come by me and say, "Hey, what's going on with this? When are we, when are we going to get him signed?" All that type of stuff. They really want him here, and he really wants to be here. Check mark on that on that positive side. On the other side of the coin with Karts, obviously a real, 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 real important player for this organization for a long, long time. A big part of the championships and great memories. No one wanted to lose him, but the organization has to manage its assets with the expansion draft coming up. The opportunity to get pieces back for somebody that we had a good chance of losing in the summer, I think that decision had to be made, but it doesn't make it easier for the players. I think the younger ones appreciated his leadership, his ability to carry himself professionally around the rink. He cared about those younger players, but for them, it's an opportunity. To it's an opportunity. It opens up more ice. It's the older players that probably sings a little bit more. There are some tears of surprise today, but it's gonna. It's but he's gonna get a real good opportunity. Everyone is happy for him. We want to see him, or we'd like to see him make good on it and enjoy another championship out east. And that's just, just just touching a lot. Like Carter meant so much to the organization, and it's just, it's true. Like. There's no if ands, or buts about it. He was one of the greatest kings of all time, for sure. Absolutely. No doubt about that. And then uh, head coach Thomas Holland, just when he was asked about uh, long-term decisions and the message to the team as of after the deadline, he said, play. I don't think there's any other there's anything other than that message. Let's get going. We're right there. Yes, Karts meant a lot to the team, and he played his butt off every time he went out there. But we have others that do that. With, that can do that. Carts, with all due respect, he wasn't a 50-goal scorer that we lost. We have an opportunity to push here, to challenge, to grow, and become a better team. Last year, this time after the deadline, we played some of our best hockey, and we lost quite a few important, important established veteran players. The message is quite simple. Play, and play your ass off, and earn what you get what you get going forward. Don't lose anything. Don't give up. Uh, don't give anything back. And that's true. You look at that last year. Look at the trade deadline last year. When you lose Martinez, you lose... Every, you lose uh, other players like that and the kings went on and what was it seven straight before COVID hit seven straight wins before COVID hit like the 
the team still has a great chance at the playoffs here, and they got to keep battling for that as well. And we'll get to that in a second because it doesn't look good these first two games after the trade deadline, but we'll get to that in a minute. And now just uh, I follow on the extension and such. First of all, I know it's a lot of quotes, but you guys know I love the quotes. Uh, just being a part of the core going forward and hearing uh, just uh, – sorry, I follow just being a part – of the core going forward, he said, he said it feels really good. I, I look up to him and Kopitar and appreciate hearing those words from him. I want to be a part of something special going forward here. And that's why I want to stay here. And I'm looking forward to that and be a part of something special. And then uh, he got asked if there was if his stress level was a little higher over the last couple of weeks with the possibility of being traded. And I follow said, for sure. It is always in the back of your mind. Obviously, we're trying to make the playoffs. I always put that first and wanted to win games. Coming down to the deadline, obviously, it was stressful and stuff. But I'm glad it got done, and I'm very glad to be here. Very excited. And then he got asked how the process evolved in the last 24 hours before the deal happened, which was about within two hours before the deadline. He said, it more sped up along the last few hours with the deadline, but it was very nice. Everyone just kind of let me do my thing and let me play. I didn't have too much to worry about. I wanted to stay here and figure everything out. But the, at the end of the day, I wanted to win games and keep playing. Having both sides of things to help figure that one, that was obviously helpful. And then just on if signing the contract feels like a, a validation of the work he's put in. And he said, it feels good for sure. Obviously, I grew up playing the game and I've learned a lot from people along the way. And I'm used to, and I'm used to my advantage pretty much every day it doesn't stop here i just want to keep playing putting my heart and soul into this that's what i've got to offer and that's what i'm that's what i'm going to do here and then just quickly of course because it is a little bittersweet you got to hear from here from him on say kopitar talking about carter being traded he said i mean think think about it think about it throughout the nine years he just think think about it throughout the nine years he did just about everything we asked for him he, we traded for him in 2002 to spark our scoring. He certainly did that. We went on a run and won a Stanley Cup that year. And then won another one. I don't think he got enough credit for it, showing the way as a leader. You think about it, Pearson and Foley back in the day were on this, were on his wings, and, and he took it. He took it pretty personally to get those guys going and, and right. And he obviously did a great job. Like I said, I think he's been flying under the radar as a leader. It's a very sour taste to see him go. But at the end of the day, we wish him luck and we'll meet up We'll meet up again soon, probably in the summer. And then uh, what he had to say about uh, I follow and former years of I follow, he said, I, th I think it's pretty steady incline, really. He came in pretty much as a question mark. We signed him, and he jumped on the line with me and Brownie and kind of never let it let go. He had some ups and downs the first couple of years, but he has been very steady. His production has been going going up, and Todd shows a lot of trust in him, putting him on the power play MPK. He plays in every single situation. He's a big part of our team. And then he also got asked just last if management talks to him at all about the moves going on with the organization. And he said, not a whole lot. I realize that it's a business and the main goal is to win a cup again. Whenever or whatever needs to be done, needs to be done. It's a very, but it's very, very little. Maybe just some conversations here or there, but I definitely did not get the inside scoop. So there's, I follow talking about his extension. And of course, uh, Rob Blake talking, Rob Blake had coach Tom McClellan and Anze Kopitar talking about the trade deadline. So again, big deadline. And also I got to make a quick thing here as well. I follow steel is a steal. I said that earlier and no respect to former LA King Tanner Pearson, but 
he can put up points. I don't know if he's quite worth three and a quarter million a year that the Canucks just gave him. I don't know if he's worth that much. Is like I just really don't think Pearson's worth that much, but the Iofalo deal is absolutely outstanding and just a great, great deal for the LA Kings. And now with that, with the trade deadline come and gone, there's still hockey to be played. There is still hockey to be played as, of course, the Kings still are making a run at the playoffs. But it, it came at a tough task as they just had another uh, series against Vegas and it did not go the Kings' way in this series as they lost, as it started with a 4-2 to loss on Monday night again at home in LA. Now with the moves with Carter obviously off the roster, the lines were a little different. So the lines on Monday night were Brent or Carter sent or fuck Carter's off the team. God damn it. Kopitar centering Iafalo and Brown, Anderson Dolan centering Kempe and Moore, Lazat centering Grunstman Athanasio, and Velarde centering Lemieux and Wagner, and their deep pairing were uh, Anderson and Dowdy, Willannon and Walker, and Mata and Clegg. So, again, you go into the night, it's a tough 4-2 loss for your for the LA Kings in this game, and we got to start. The first, it was a... Kings had a great start to the period and ended up being a very entertaining first period. The Kings had the only goal of the period. Just an awesome pass from Brendan Lemieux to get his first assist, first point as the LA King. Awesome stretch pass to Austin Wagner, who used his speed on the on the breakaway to get it past Robin Leonard. That made it one nothing for the Kings at the time, and it was one nothing for the Kings after the first period. But it was a pretty frantic first period lots of action uh shots were 12 12 after the first period the kings were good for the first half and then vegas of the period then vegas kind of turned it on there was a stretch where they outshot la five to nothing in like in a stretch after the wagner goal but very entertaining first period wagner's goal was the difference as the kings led one to nothing after the first period then you go to the second period uh Vegas just turns it on, man. Holy hell. Outshoots LA 21 to 10 in the second period. 21 to 10. The Kings actually scored the first goal of the period almost just over, just under halfway through as Kopitar gets his ninth of the year from Brown. And I followed. That made it 2 to nothing. The first line just going to work. Nice to see Kopitar get a goal. But then Vegas turns it on. Uh, Nicholas Roy gets his third of the year. That made it 2-1 to one at the 14-20 mark of the period. And then, just killers. We've talked about it so much with the Kings all season long. Goals are so important at the start of the period or at the end of the period. And uh, 30 or 27 seconds left in the second period. Mark Stone scores one shorthanded. Just a dagger. Allowing goal late in the period. Shorthanded. Just an absolute dagger. So the game was tied at 2 Going into the third period. And then you get to the third period. Shots were kind of a bit lower in the third period. Vegas outshot LA 8-6. to six, But Vegas was the one that was the one that came away with the with the goals. When it actually starts off that uh, LA had a power play. LA had a power play. 
and didn't score on it. Actually, no, the goal was just before it. Sorry, goal was just before it. As Tuck scores unassisted on a snapshot, gets it past uh, Cal Peterson. That made it 3-2. to two. And literally right after that, like a minute after that, LA, get, LA gets a great chance on the power play. Uh, William Carlson, a hooking penalty against Ole Mata. Kings just can't take advantage on the power play. And then, right after that, Right after that, Willandon takes a penalty, and it costs and it costs the Kings as it ends up in the back of the net. Pat Ruddy gets his twentieth power play goal that made it four to two for Vegas at the time, and that would be all she wrote as Vegas went on to beat your LA Kings four to two in this game. Stone was the first star of the game, Tuck was the second star of the game, and Austin Wagner was the third star of the game. Uh, LA getting outshot 41 to 20 in this game in the 4-2 loss power play, 0 for 4, and the penalty kill allowed it. Like penalty kill was 1 for 2 as well. Hits 14-14 in this game. A few too many or giveaways for LA again. Seven giveaways in the game, and yeah, that would be all she wrote for this game as your LA Kings fell 4 to 2 to the Vegas Golden Knights on. Monday night, and then just talking, just uh, Blake Lazat, what he had to say after the game. He got asked about uh, Vegas's transition game and how how good it is. And he said, uh, or and he just said, just we just have to be more responsible on the puck, the blue lines, both the offensive and defensive blue lines. We had a lot of turnovers tonight. They're a good transition team, and they had quite a few chances off our turnovers. That's one of those games where you shoot yourselves in the foot when you. Turn the puck over in that area. And then just Lazat on on the play of his line and the feedback they received. And he said, I think we were just rewarded with more ice time. We were out there for a lot of opportunities, whether it was in the D zone to win a faceoff or the O zone, created chances. For the most part, our line did create probably or probably could have scored a couple more tonight. The puck was just bouncing, and that's the way tonight went, unfortunately. You got feedback from the guys when you go out there and have a good shift. It lifts the bench up. Hopefully, it looked to continue that and then head coach Tom McClellan just on the game first of all on the what was the tougher goal to concede the shorthanded goal or the uh or the goal early in the third period and he said do I have C do I have a C choice to say both the power play goal was the toughest for me because I had chances before that we got sloppy we got careless if the power play isn't scoring it should at least gain you a little bit of bit of momentum and it did none of those things tonight all it did was get, was give back momentum I thought that was the turning point obviously the end to end rush was very poorly played that's disappointing as well but the power play one was the one that came that came late in the period it wasn't the far breakaway or the only breakaway on a, on the power play situation tonight so that's disappointing and then if head coach Tom Holland was happy with tonight's start to the game, which the Kings did have a pretty good start to the game on Monday night, he said, "Well, it was a better start than what we've had. We didn't go, we didn't want to go to the penalty box 25 seconds in. That could have been a real tough thing to overcome to give that team a power play on real good on real good ice right off the bat before a lot of players even got on ice. But we killed it. Then we did a good job of getting out to the two nothing game against them. But they're that strong that." You make a bad play or combine for two or three bad plays, you get caught and you get caught going long and you make them pay for it. That's what championship caliber teams do, and we've been working towards that. We want to become that. We can't quite put it all together yet, but the start itself was better than some of the others we've had. And just uh being asked about how Brendan Lemieux has fit in so far 
for a few games. Uh, he said, I think he's still trying to fit into our group, figure out how we play. I got to know his line mates. I think he's. I think we're going to have to give him a little bit more time on that. And just last question uh, on what changed between the first and second half of the games because the Kings, like I said, great start, but got a little lack of stays close to game one on. He said the power play, lack, the lack of execution on the power play. As I said before, if you're not scoring, your job is to create a little bit of momentum and energy and a lot of life got sucked out of us on the power play and it opened the door for them to come back in and strike and they did. So that's that for that game as your LA Kings fell 4-2 to to Vegas on Monday night, but then you go to tonight, or Wednesday night, you go to Wednesday night, and your LA Kings fall to Vegas again, this time by the score of 6-2. to two. Uh, Yeah, just not the greatest game for your LA Kings. Crazy first period, high scoring first period in the game on, on Wednesday night. Let's First period shots, LA out, actually outshot Vegas 12-8 to in the first period, but Quickie had a bit of, had a tough start in this game. First of all, uh, 7 minutes and 18 seconds in, no 6 scores, his 8th of the year, pass quick, that made it one to nothing. And then at the 11-04 mark, Tuck scores his uh, 15th of the year, that made it 2 to nothing for Vegas, 2 to nothing for Vegas early on. But then, just a couple minutes later, Trevor Moore, Holy hell, a power play goal. And Moore, Trevor Moore and Adrian Kempe, they've been having some chemistry lately, and they showed some in this game for sure. Moore, the power play goal, his sixth of the year, that cut the deficit to 2-1. to one. But just a couple minutes later, Patretti on the backhand. This one, oh my god. Oh my god. This Patretti, a 74-foot backhand, and Quick misplays it. Are you kidding me, Jonathan Quick? Oh, that was tough to watch. That was... And, and that was the end of Quick's night. That was... Like... Oh. That was tough to see that. A 74-foot goal. 74-foot backhander. Actually, it was actually... It was actually... I saw a tweet. It was 77 feet. Backhander passed Jonathan Quick. That made it 3-1. to one. And then that was it for Quick, I believe. Cal Peterson... Came in after that one, I believe. Yeah, that made it. Oh, yep, that made it. Uh, three to one, and that'd be it for the first period as Vegas led three to one after the first period. Then you get to the second period, and uh, Vegas outshot LA twelve to seven in this period. It wasn't the greatest uh period, but it was kind of a tale of uh, it's kind of the same tale as Monday night. Like the Kings had a decent start. And then kind of fell off as the game went on sort of thing. Now, there wasn't much action in the second period. Like, no penalties in the second period. Uh, but nothing happened until the until the 1547 mark when Chandler Stevenson gets on a bit of a break past Kale Clegg and the centerman. I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. I think it was Anderson Dolan on a nice uh, flip pass to Stevenson from Pacioretty. He, got, he went... Uh, five hole pass Cal Peterson that made it four to one for uh Vegas. A couple minutes after that, exact same scorers, man. Uh, Trevor Moore, his seventh of the year, second of the game from Kempe. So that <laughs> four points for LA in the game, two goals for Moore, two goals for Kempe. But that's all the Kings would get. That goal made it four to two. That cut the deficit in half. But then just a horrible third period for 
the LA Kings. Oh, before I get to the third period, what I loved about the second period, tons of action, hardly any whistles. At one time, there were three broken sticks all separated on the ice. Like, it was a huge stretch without whistles, and I love hockey like that. It's fun to watch. Like, it went for, like, a long time until Stevenson's goal. But again, 4-2 for Vegas after two periods, and then just not a good uh, third period for LA as they got outshot 12 to 3 in the third period. Just not a good effort for the LA Kings in the third period. Stone scored his 14th of the year past Cal Peterson, and Pat- Petrangelo scored his third of the year past Cal Peterson. That made it 5 to 2 and 6 to 2. And that would be all she wrote as the Vegas Golden Knights beat the LA Kings by the score of 6 to 2 in this game. They take the season series, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six. Vegas takes the season series six to two against the LA Kings. And again, that's a championship caliber team there. And they're a good team. And they showed it a lot against LA this year. That how good they are. And they're showing LA where LA wants to be in the future. And LA is working their way there, man. But just a tough game, kind of a tough stretch. As well, a little bit of a transition. You can't really put this to blame, but a little bit of a transition period as well when you lose to, uh, when you lose one a veteran and things are changing in the organization and stuff like that. So with the two losses against Vegas, your LA Kings just one win in the month of April so far as they are one and five so far in the month of yeah one and five in the month of April so far but hey they'll turn it around they still can push for the playoffs they're back a bit now like we've said but they can still make a push you never know they're only six points back of the final playoff spot so you never know what could happen in this honda west division but like i said la loses four to two to vegas on monday night and six to two to vegas on wednesday night and of course just a crazy few days with the iofollow extension and trading jeff but again, that's the way it goes. And that's the way it's going to go for a team that is rebuilding. Sometimes you got to get rid of veterans. And honestly, right now, you make those moves. This offseason is maybe the most important for the LA Kings in a long time. The LA Kings, they have the top prospect pool. They have the top prospect pool that's waiting to come up. And great young players that are playing well for them this season. And you have the expansion draft to deal with, obviously. But you also have a ton of money to spend this offseason. And I think it's better. It'll be, it would be better to spend the money than to trade some of these prospects. But this is the most important season, offseason, for the LA Kings in a long time. And it's going to be very interesting to see what Rob Blake has to do. But honestly, I have all the faith in Rob Blake right now. And I think he's going to do the right thing for this organization in the offseason. I just, I really do. I've really loved him as the GM for the Kings so far. And he's just going to continue what he's done uh, this offseason. How he's built this team. But again, super important offseason coming up. But again, we're not there yet. We still got, what, how many games to go? We still got 16 games to go. And there's still a great chance at the playoffs. And you saw what happened after the trade deadline trade deadline last year before COVID hit. LA went on and won 
seven straight games before the uh, before COVID hit. So you never know what's going to happen with this team in these last 16 games. They could turn it on. Absolutely. But, you know, this tough stretch just continues. As you just lost two to Vegas, now you got to go play Colorado twice in Colorado on Friday night and Sunday night. Hey, it's a, fr- it's a not back-to-backs Friday night and Sunday night against Colorado. But, uh, again, it's just going to be just some tough games again. But, the uh, Kings just got to keep battling, just got to keep getting better and finish this season strong and keep pushing for the playoffs. Like, there's still a great chance, obviously, right? And out of the 16 games, one, two, three, four, five, five of them are against Anaheim, the team that's lower than you. You have to beat them every game, but you got to beat everyone to be good and to make the playoffs. So, uh, LA has to come out firing in these games against Colorado for sure, but we'll see what happens this weekend obviously and with all that this has been episode 38 of season two of the king's den uh thank you so much for joining us i hope you guys enjoyed the trade deadline uh tweet at us at the king's den thpn or at cunningham jordy let us know what you think about the trade deadline and what the kings are doing uh could they have done do you think they should have done more do you think they should have done less uh, what do you think of trading Carter? What do you think of I follow extension? Should they have traded a guy like Athen to see you who they're looking at extending, which I don't mind at all. A one year, two year max, I'd say just for a one year deal. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think about the trade deadline. Uh, tweet at us at the King's Den THPN or at Cunningham Jordy. And also, of course, we're presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. So don't forget to follow Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet or on uh, Facebook, just look up the Hockey Podcast Network or on YouTube, just look up the Hockey Podcast Network or on Patreon for just $1. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content. So go check that out as well. Just search the Hockey Podcast Network and throw us a few bucks and you can get all our exclusive bonus content. And also one more thing before we let you go, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review to not only the King's Den, but to every other podcast around the Hockey Podcast Network because everyone is just killing it around the network right now. Everyone had had great trade deadline coverage, and it was so much fun. Actually, I didn't even mention that at the start of the episode, and I meant to. So, the Carter trade goes down after I recorded episode 37, and I knew I just knew something was going to go down, like I said. I totally forgot to mention this. Carter... Gets traded to Pittsburgh. The tip of the iceberg boys. Nick and Nick. They are live streaming their podcast. As the trade goes down. So I so I saw that they were on. I tweeted them about the trade. They sent me a link. And I went and joined them. For the last 20 minutes or so. Of their last episode. The tip of the iceberg pod. To, to break down the Carter trade live. As it was happening. So definitely go check out the tip of the iceberg pod to listen to us break down the trade live because it was so much fun breaking down the trade live oh it was a rush it was so much fun so definitely go check out tip of the iceberg and every single other podcast around the hockey podcast network because everyone is just killing it we're having so much fun here at the network and check out all our original orig- all of our original shows as well tales of tr house of hockey so many more so definitely go check them all out 
Again, this has been episode 38 of season 2 of The King's End. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're having a great week. And we'll talk to you on Monday for episode 39 of season 2 of The King's End.